Last week, I had a guy on Twitter that was attacking the state I live in of California. And I want to be clear before we start. You don't have to live in a state to have an opinion of what is happening in that state on a certain level. Because often certain states, California definitely is one, lead the fray when it comes to ideas, legislation, that trickle down or over into some or all of the other 49 states. This person, originally from California, was getting on the governor of this state, Jerry Brown, who I think has done a great job in this state as governor, and was getting on being a conservative government. Now, there are a lot of people that don't like the federal government doing too much and having overreach and doing too much in their lives. But then there are people that just don't like government, period, doing too much, even on a state level. There are a lot of things that play into the topic in this hour, okay? The environment, climate change, the haves and the have-nots, government, and of course your opinions at 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, now let me explain something. I live in California, but I'm not originally from here. So some of the things that go on here, I'm sometimes perplexed about or, you know, raise an eyebrow to. And this is a situation where I can see and understand various sides of the issue. There are a lot of people right now who are weighing in on it, and I hope you will this afternoon, on the water shortage that we have in California. So that you understand, we've had a drought for 10 years. The past three, this year included, have been the absolute worst. But some people feel that for the rich, it's one drought, and for another, every, you know, elsewhere, um, you know, the people that are poor. So in other words, you know, it's a drought, but, you know, there's different rules and regulations and guidelines for the rich versus the poor. And with summer upon us, the Golden State being in a dry, arid, brown position is really bad because that sparks fires. A lot of people aren't aware that Los Angeles is, in fact, a desert. One of the reasons it could be so warm in the day and yet so darn cool at night, much like Vegas. It is, in fact, a desert. Now, I'm going to share with you the new rules that they're asking for in California, which have a lot of people up in arms, even if they don't live in California. Now, of course, there are people in California that say, well, shut up, you don't live here. But, you know, I don't say that. I want you to weigh in, not just because you're my listeners throughout the country and the world, But because I think it's important that we have that dialogue and because there are people from here that live elsewhere or that are moving here or that would consider moving here or that live here might be considered leaving or they're going to stay forever. But one of the things before I tell you what's going on is when you see the headlines on articles, California water shortage, one drought for the rich and another for everyone else as Golden State goes brown again. There's a picture of one of the numerous Mega mansions at the top of a hill with a swimming pool. Now, being that I have a house at the top of the hill with a swimming pool, I don't have a mega mansion. I do have a nice and large home. Let me explain a few things. First of all, I know for my pool, we don't add any water to it. There's a bin and the water constantly recycles. Two, we don't have fire hydrants in the area that I live Many of the newer communities in California, especially Southern California, don't. 
So in other words, my pool is the fire hydrant for my fire department, along with a few other neighbors that I have throughout. We have a special placard on the front of our house, and the fire department relies on that pool being full. It doesn't have to be clean and filtered as it is so my kids can swim in it, but definitely. You know, so I'm, you know, there's no additional water. If anything, the water, the filtration system and recycling of that water can be very costly, uh, not with your water bill as much as with your electric bill. So that aside. But there are new rules, and the new rules, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down, okay? Um, when you look at pictures and you see homes, even like mine, that have beautiful lush green grass, a lot of people find it hard to believe that California is about to turn brown, that we're in such a critical position, and that we have drought. But there are new rules now in California that call for a 25% cut in urban water use. Now, these mandatory restrictions are the first in the <clears throat> history of the state of California. They look set to deepen long-standing divisions. And these long-standing divisions in California over this and other issues have between the wealthy and the less wealthy, or the haves and those that don't have as much. Because what it comes down to is California's packed cities versus the more sparsely populated agricultural areas. According to Governor Jerry Brown, quote, it's a different world. Speaking of Governor Brown, here is what he had to say about enacting these limitations. We're in an historic drought, and that demands unprecedented action. It's for that reason that I'm issuing an executive order mandating substantial water reduction across our state. We're directing local water agencies to uh, take specific action as they determine. But overall, we're looking for a 25% aggregate reduction. Now, one of the things that bothers me, though, where, you know, writers of many articles, uh, as is, you know, you're getting, many of you are getting your information from, whether, you know, you're watching a report on the news, you're listening on television or reading online, don't always have the whole picture and the whole story. So may I? Okay. First of all, when you look at the consumption of water, some people get really upset because uh, in L.A., by the way, residents use an average of 265 liters per day. But there was an academic study that found that the most affluent neighborhoods used up to three times more water than others. Wealthy areas like Malibu and in Newport Beach, people have large front laws. The consumption was more than 560 liters per capita, and that was in January. Okay. Now, Stephanie, uh, and I'll tell you, I'll explain. Stephanie uh, Pincentil, who's director of the California Center for Sustainable Communities, told the LA Times, quote, the problem lies in part in the social isolation of the rich, the moral isolation of the rich. The rich, she said, were lacking a sense that we are all in this together. No question. There are some people that use more water than others. But despite this study, I'm going to say that does not break down into rich and poor, and I can tell you why. I live in a high fire zone. If my grass isn't green, I'm not only putting my and my children's lives at risk, I'm putting everyone who lives around me, above me, and below me at risk. You put a match to the area that I live in, it goes up in a matter of seconds. As a matter of fact, I live in the area I live in because of a fire. 
I live in an area that was dense forest until a homeless man fell asleep with a campfire. And that campfire caught to trees and burned the whole area. When they couldn't rebuild the forest, the soil was just too burnt, so they built homes. And I live in one of those homes. Being in a high fire area, and because there's a drought, I have a double sword. One, we have to water a certain amount, and then on the flip side, we are restricted to a certain amount. So in other words, if the fire department drives by and sees green, uh, brown grass, I get fined. I get a knock on the door from a guy that looks like he belongs on a calendar, and I get fined. And I say that because there are people in my neighborhood, right across the street from me, who, like myself, adhere to the regulations, yet make sure they're watering enough that we don't have, uh, you know, uh, it, it's so dry that we are a petri dish, if you will, for wildfires. But there are those that really don't give a rat's ass. And you see them washing their car, and you see their hose running, etc. Then there are those who don't watch their kids. i got to tell you, sometimes I turn around and my kids turn on the hose and they're playing, and I'm like, shut it off, we're in a drought. And you have to teach your children. We've taught our children. There are those in our society, not just in California, who when you brush your teeth, keep the water running. I always kept the water running growing up. I, 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 you know, and when I grew up, I was taught to turn the lights off when I leave a room, right? Re, you know, energy conservation, but not water conservation. I mean, I think we're hoarders to a large degree as users of natural resources, such as water. But in California, and, and for me, it wasn't California. It was years ago when I briefly lived in Mexico. A friend of mine had taught me some things, and one was to shut the water off in between. So in other words, when you're washing that dish, when you're washing it, soaping it up, you don't need the water running. You do when you rinse it. Okay? Two. You don't have to run that dishwasher so much, you know, pack it again. Three, fill the water up, let the dishes soak. You know, these are different things that you learn, perhaps from your parent, from life experience, or from living in a state like California. Like I said, I didn't grow up here. Now, my kids know that they don't keep the water running when they brush their teeth because we taught them that and we live in a state where water is uh, not always going to be here if we, if we don't conserve. And in a state like California, there are many other things that are being done that a lot of people don't want to talk about or some think are the cure-alls. For example, the desalination of water. Desalination is taking salt water, removing the salt, and making that water able to be used or to be uh, drinking water, actually. Okay? A lot of people, in order to save money, switched from bottles to filtered water. That's more, more water usage in your home. And living in a place that, due to climate change, the past couple of years has had the hottest temperatures on record, you're drinking more fluid. You're drinking more water. That's water fountains at the schools. That's water in your home. The list goes on. In California, there are already two desalination plants or a couple of others that are being built. But there's a problem there are environmentalists that have issues uh, with the desalination. Uh, you know, what it does uh, to the fish that we eat or could kill them from an environmental standpoint and from a 
eating fish standpoint. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. So first of all, I just want to say attacking Governor Brown and, you know, thinking that this is, you know, you know, we, that we care about the rich and not the poor. That I don't find that to be the case in California. I mean, one, rich people have big lawns and they use more water because they have sprinklers. And if they live in a high fire zone, they have to or there will be fire. Okay, so I don't feel that this comes down to rich and poor. One, two, I don't have a problem with mandatory restrictions. If we don't have these mandatory restrictions, we will run out of water. If we run out of water, we will certainly have fires or not have enough water to drink or to wash, to cook. The list goes on. We could be in dire straits. So I get angry when people divert the real issue. And the real issue is what? Climate change. And former Republican governors like Arnold Schwarzenegger not doing anything to prepare this state or help to better prepare this state during a drought for the drought that was ahead, the warnings that came from scientists. I have so many issues with this issue. And, it, you know, and I, I got to be honest, I don't have a problem in, in my state, with my governor telling me to restrict water because we are in a terrible drought, it could lead to a problem with, with drinking water and water that we need to use for numerous things. Uh, and, and, and not to mention, you know, I don't want to have to leave because my home and all my neighbors' homes are burning down because we don't have water uh, to water our lawns. So l- let's get to your questions. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543-1. Should the government, in your opinion, be able to limit your water use? And if you're against the limits, how would you address the problem? See, we had limits before. I know, you know, we had limits before and they were fines. They just weren't really enforced. It's just people, a lot of people didn't care. And if people had actually adhered to those, we wouldn't have mandatory restrictions that we do now. So let's understand this. There was a solution to the problem People weren't listening to the solution. And that's not just in the rich neighborhoods. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Do you feel the government should be able to limit your water use? I live in California, and I don't have a problem with that. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, California's in this position, but other states could be. Will we all be forced to make more sacrifices like this if we continue failing to act on climate change? Have you ever seen? We're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Let's talk about this water shortage in California and the mandatory water restrictions being placed by Governor Jerry Brown by the state government. 8886-LESLIE is the number. Let's go on line one in New Mexico with Chris. Hi, Chris. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Leslie. Um, I'm a liberal, but I, I'm old-fashioned, and I kind of think that Eisenhower was one of our greatest presidents. And his idea to build the interstate highway system was brilliant, and it made this country probably what it is today. The only thing he didn't do was when he was getting the right-of-ways and building those highways, he could have built an interstate water system from the states back east and up north that have more water than they know what to do with to the states down south and out west that don't. And uh, the jobs that could be created, I mean, it's just a monster what we could do with all, you know, with that. And I just wonder if anybody uh, thinks like I do. 
Uh, you know, nobody's mentioned that before. I got to take a break. Hang on. We'll come back to you and we'll see what others have to say as well. I'm Leslie Marshall. Stick around. We're talking California's water shortage. I live in Cali. Whether you do or not, are these mandatory restrictions too restrictive? We'll be back. 888-6-LESLIE. We're back talking with Chris in New Mexico, Line 1. Chris, anything else? You had mentioned Eisenhower. You mentioned the railroads. And you mentioned why don't we have an international water system uh, built. Might, you know, might have been a good idea, but that's behind us. So what's the solution for now? Well, it's not too late. You know, it's uh, those right-of-ways that we have on the highways can be used for anything. So, you know, every time they uh, are working on a highway, why can't they be putting in pipe? Yeah, but here's the here's the problem. We have we have such a problem trying to re, to, to to build to to fix and repair that wonderful infrastructure that Eisenhower you know built, not just the roads but the bridges. Um, you know that that would be job creator and that you know would be preventative and we can't do that so could we even you know you know would we be able to with such pushback from conservatives get it done on a national level with regard to water but i think it's a great idea chris thank you uh, for the idea and for your call uh excellent um let's uh go to line two kevin in massachusetts is next kevin good afternoon Hey, Leslie, uh, for the most part, I agree with you on, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of what you talk about. But, uh, you know, I lived in Southern California for 10 years. I now live up in New England, so, it's, you know, I got total opposite ends of the spectrum as far as rainfall. But uh, I, I worked in the uh, – I built custom homes out in San Diego. And one thing that the fire department in Rancho Santa Fe uh, enacted was clearing all dead and dying brush within 100 feet of structures and – well, we we do that. We do that in my area as well because I live in a high fire zone. We get fined if we do not. They come by once a year and make sure we've done that. And I have I have a quarter of an acre, and most of that is a hill. And believe yeah. me, you know it's eight hundred to a thousand bucks a year. But I have to do it. Not only do I have sure. to do it, I want to do it to to you know prevent uh, to, for safety measures for myself and my neighbors. Right, but Leslie, what, what also the, the uh, Rancho Santa Fe Fire Department did, and it, and it saved a bunch of houses because we we had the. Uh, I don't know if you recall the Cedar Fire. It was a really big fire that I mean, it was like 400,000 acres or something, if not more. Yes. But what they, what the Santa Fe Fire Department did was they uh, also enacted, you know, native tolerant, uh, drought tolerant landscaping, which reduced the, the amount of water by by the wealthy because the Rancho Santa Fe is like where the actors and you know. I mean, oh, I know Rancho Santa Fe. I was going to say you were living well. Uh, I don't live there, but yeah, you were living well. I know it well. Well, that, that's a good point. But you know what? Again, you can make, uh, you can suggest and you can advise or recommend, but unless you mandate, nobody's going to do it. Do you think that should be? Do you have a problem with a state government like in California mandating the water restrictions? And if so, do you think they should add to that and talk about that native? Uh, plant and, and flora um, that, uh, you know, uh, it, it doesn't need the water uh, that right. other plants do um, for these uh, elaborate landscaped homes. Right, and it's not even just the, the, the water that they need. It's also protecting their structures from the fires that are coming, you know, because of the, you know, the drought conditions that the, the West is in and everything. But, you know, I just, I just found it interesting that, that we were talking about. I was just talking about this with some coworkers, and, you know, and, and once the, 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 the drought-tolerant landscaping went in and the, the 100, and it was really tough for builders, too, because then, it, you know, you're required to clear the 100 feet of dead and dying brush, which, you know, when you build a new custom home like that, it, it ends ends up, you know, costing quite a bit of money, and that goes on to the builder, which is another expense we don't really think about sometimes. But, 
just uh, interesting, and uh, you know, keep up the you know the, the, the cool conversations. I enjoy your uh, your talk, though. Well, Kevin, it's funny because I'm originally from Boston and I live in L.A. Although I didn't go right from Boston to L.A., we kind of we kind of did opposite. Kevin, yeah. thank you for enjoying the show. Call us again. Look forward to hearing from you. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, let's go uh, next to uh, Mary. Mary is in New Mexico and she is on line three. Mary, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. It's a real pleasure talking with you, Leslie. Oh, good to have you with us, Mary. What's your take on this? What What, what do you thank, think? Thank you. Um, I think the best bet of all for California, realistically, is to go back to the natural substances that we have, the natural sources. And uh, back in 1987, we had a, ni- a mass convergence, and it was in the Bay Area, and that was to guard against earthquakes. Okay, we were expecting a- another big earthquake, or somewhere along those lines, and that earthquake was avoided because everybody participated and we took control. The key here is taking control. If um, My take on this is if you get the planet Earth to cooperate with what it really needs, and that is by getting together with um, medicine people of different Indian tribes and asking them to participate with another kind of mass convergence and at least organizing one, so that we could pray to God for water. And 98% of the time, Indians are successful in changing the weather conditions within about three to four days, if you looked at the scientific evidence. So when we look at, when we look at, thank you for your call, Mary, I appreciate it. When, you, when we look at Native Americans, um, she's saying, you know, do a, a dance for water. I'm not sure that's going to take a 10-year drought in the three years that we're at. I understand what you're saying as far as prevention, and hey, if it works, sure, but I don't think that's going to be the key for California's future. It could help and assist, but I don't think that's going to be the end-all and beat-all. Jeff in Massachusetts, line four. Jeff, good afternoon. So uh, I don't want to sound like a water miser, but I'm from New England, and I think the interstate water system would risk other ecosystems to try to save another ecosystem. So I, I just think in general they're all so delicate to take water from one to give to another might kill both. Um, the other thing I'm wondering is... And, and I, I've never been to California, so I don't know for sure, but it sounds like we're talking about a lot of species of plants that don't necessarily belong there, and if they die, they become flammable. And I know we were talking about native species, but I'm, I'm wondering not so much for the water conservation, but just for the fire hazard. It doesn't sound like if you're using native species, you wind up with all of this dead material waiting to burn. So that was really actually my question. I didn't well, know. Actually, actually, that's a very good point. Some yes, some no. Because some native native species, although they don't require, and, and believe me, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not a botanist or anything, you know, but the some native species species, uh, which you know, some of my neighbors have done, and sometimes they just do it because it's cheaper for the upkeep. Um, you know, they don't require as much water, but it just depending when you when you have a drought like this and you have the heat that we have had, we've had, I mean. When it was still winter, we had weekends where it was 91 degrees here in the Los Angeles area. That That's unusually high. And I know some of you with the snow on the East Coast that still have snow uh, melting now go, oh, shut up. But uh, trust me, it, it, it isn't as great as it sounds when you look at uh, the, action, uh, the actual arid conditions of this area. So some of those plants um, dry out, you know, even though they may not dry out as quickly as the other type of plants. So some do, some some don't. Some can still be like... 
you know, brush for a brush fire. They would just last longer. But do you not wind up with the same density of dead material? You, it would be a lower density of material. Wouldn't it? I mean, it's different to have. Well, first of all, you have to understand. You have to understand if you have, like, on my hillside, there. I don't landscape that. That's just completely natural, and whatever has flown seed-wise have been carried by birds. You know, I may have some unnatural things on that hill from my neighbors um, or neighbors very far away. Very steep hill. You know, I always I used to joke with Sean Hannity when he said, don't you need a gun? I said, I live in a gated community. I have an alarm system. And if you can make it up my hill, you've earned it. Okay, that's my thing. The back of my yard, there's a, my, my kid's ball goes down the hill. Forget it. I'm buying a new ball. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that most people I know aren't planting anything. It's completely natural. They're just clearing what naturally has already grown. So then real quick, the last thing is there's a, a documentary called Earth 2100 that sort of outlines what happens to the United States over the course of a century, and we're like well on the way, so you should check it out. It's really informative. Well, thank you. I will do that. I've never heard of it, so I will do that. Thank you very much. Right. Have a good Th- one. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. You too. Uh, let's go to uh, Michael in the Bronx on line five. Michael, good afternoon. Hey, hey there, Leslie. Uh, first off, I hope for the best, not just for you, for everyone in California. And I got some friends in California, even some conservatives, and, you know, nobody wants to be in that particular mess. And I remember here in New York where we were facing somewhat of a drought. I cannot recall if it was as serious as your area or your state, but this is no joke, believe me, um, regarding that. My solution, and I thought, unless I'm missing something, I thought this was going to be done. And, Franklin, you just mentioned about Boston having a record number of a record um, measurement of snow during the yes, past yes, winter, this, this 108 inches, in fact. I know I've talked with Andrew when I've called in about the weather here when it was snowing on and off here in New York, and just constantly having to shovel, um, shovel, constantly having to clean up. I'm currently in Yonkers right now doing a bit of shopping, and I still see some snow and ice piles, you know, that were made from the plowing in some of the parking lots. And the thing is, is that I thought much of this was going to be hauled away and perhaps even sent over to the areas that have that drought. I mean, don't they have machines that will not only haul the snow and ice over, but melt the snow into water and even purify that water for your reservoirs? I thought this was going to be happening. Isn't that how we help one another? Um, yes, it is. I, I mean, I understand what you're saying regarding help, but that, that doesn't do enough. All that 108 inches in Boston and all the other places in the Northeast, when you think about it and maybe even do the math, you know, we were shocked with so much snow and ice. I understand, but I don't think you understand the deficit that California is suffering. You're talking about a decade, you know, being, being in arrears, a decade. This isn't like, oh, we're having a drought now. This is we're having the worst drought now for the past three years out of the last 10 We've been in a drought. Right. It's just getting worse, and it's in its in its uh, critical stages uh, currently in the past couple of years. So let me ask this: Would would my idea would stop somewhat the drought? You know, stop it from getting worse, and then maybe somewhere down the line, you guys can finally have rain. I mean, I'm just well. You know, one of, one of the things, and I'm glad you just said that. Stop it. 
from from getting worse. You know, I don't care what political party you're in, and people want to attack Jerry Brown, you know, for these mandatory restrictions, which I personally do not have a problem with. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, whatever we can do to to try and not only prevent in the future, but you know, control and try and slow down the disaster we're headed for in the present. He doesn't have a crystal ball, and he's not clairvoyant. I mean, you, no, we, how many no. times, I, I no offense to a meteorologist, but there are many times where there's rain predicted it doesn't happen. There's many times there's, you know, an inch of snow and you get a foot. Uh, and, and I say that because, you know, even though people had knowledge of this, they didn't have knowledge of the specifics. You know, what, you know how, how little rainfall there would be uh, in the state of California, how much higher the temperatures would be in the state of California. And, you know, what the result is now. And I say that because he he gets attacked for not having more preventative measures in place. And another problem is, again, like desalinization is one of the uh, ideas that they're using, turning the salt water, um, you know, into water and using that for irrigation purposes uh, so that we don't so that we can irrigate, you know, under the soil since we're not getting the rainfall from above and on top of the soil, you know, pouring into uh, the land. Um, there are a lot of problems with that. There are a lot of environmental problems with that uh, that can harm uh, both plant and animal life that eventually could harm human life. So, you know, it's it's sort of like, do you want to prevent, you know, uh, do you want to stop the drought and prevent, you know, fires in the future? Do you want to kill off, you know, a bunch of fish or pollute, uh, you know, a, a bunch of uh, fish and, you know, actually, you know, use some methods that aren't as readily tested um, you know, there are a lot of concerns that people have uh, turning salt water into fresh water. Not that it can't be done, but they, you there, know, are envi- there are risks and there are environmental hazards that come as a result of it. You know something, Leslie? I'm so glad you mentioned about your governor um, saying, you know, he doesn't have a crystal ball. He doesn't have all the answers. And then you have certain people, and if I could say it, if I understand correctly, particularly from the right, that are criticizing him, saying that, but saying that he didn't have any preventative measures. Um, my question is, even if... No, no, we've had, had preventative, preventative, just so people know. People that just wake up and think California is just having restrictions now, no. We've had mm-hmm. restrictions. And we've had right, restrictions. And, and in my area, where I'm in a fi- high fire zone, I had restrictions. If, if, if you were caught watering your lawn between a certain mm-hmm. time, or if my kids were playing with the hose... I could be fined. The problem was people weren't adhering to the regulations um, and the restrictions, and they weren't really being enforced. So, the, so, so the mandatory, and and it was confusing because it was you could water between these hours, you couldn't water between those hours. It was different for different areas. So this actually just makes it more equal across the board. And then people look and say, wait a minute, the rich are consuming more, and this is coming down on the poor who live in more of the urban areas, um, and. And so, I, you know, I feel that the governor has been, uh, you know, given a bad rap over this when I understand why he did it, which is the former A was too confusing for many and B, um, you know, wasn't, be, wasn't being adhered to. And, and with all due respect, so people understand, a lot of people in Southern California, they're in California, but especially in Southern California, it gets really hot and it's very dry and is a desert-like condition. Um, most of the people that I know have illegal immigrants who are very little or non-English speaking who are taking care of their lawns and may not, unless they've been told, know of the restrictions. So you have to remember, especially you know the richer people that have somebody, not always rich, you have to remember any, many middle class people in California 
you know, will hire somebody to take care of their yard, just like hiring the neighbor's kid to cut your lawn, okay? Um, and, and I say that because if those are the people that are controlling the sprinkler system, because most people, if you have, even if you don't have a newer home in California, a lot of people aren't out there watering their lawn. In a place like California, you're going to have some kind of a sprinkler system in your yard. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, poor folks living in a trailer, but, you know, certainly almost anybody, you know, even living in a tiny, you know, two-bedroom, one-bath house are going to have some kind of a irrigation system because we are in a desert arid area. And they're not controlling that. Like, for example, I have a sprinkler system. Ask me where, where the controls are to turn it on. I have no bloody clue. Ask me what time my water's going on and off. I don't know. But my, but my landscaper speaks English, and he knows the restrictions, and he told me about it. But these are new restrictions. We'll be back right after this. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio. Let's get to the calls. We go to Jeff in New Mexico, Line 1. Hey, Jeff, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie. Thanks for bringing up water. It's critical to all of us. As the movie said once, water is life. True. And... I, I can't believe the governor I helped support in your state. I love California. lived in Ventura for a few years. It's beautiful. A fruit and nut basket of America. I can't believe they're using one ounce of water and allowing it to be polluted in the oil extraction industry. Ban fracking. Everybody who hears this, five million of your listeners, ban fracking in your home states. We're well, trying Cal- to we did, we did, but we did, we did ban fracking in California. When? We've banned fracking in California, or at least it's... Yeah, you've been fracking. I'm saying ban it. Five million gallons of drinkable water per frack per well. I met a guy here in Texas... Yeah, but I think so California... I, if I'm not, Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, how many states have, have banned fracking? 42. All right. Last count. Including my home in New Mexico. It was invented in Texas. They've done it 15,000 times there. Times five million gallons per well. It's an insane amount of water. You're right that we, uh, like you said, 70 million gallons of water for fracking last year. I agree we should ban fracking. And you would think California would have been the first state to uh, have done that. All right, thank you. And thank you for the call. Um, uh, Let's go to, let's see who is up next. And we go to Carol in Wisconsin, line three. Carol, good afternoon. Hi, thank you. Yes, I agree that interstate water system probably wouldn't work. We don't even take adequate care of our Great Lakes. I live near Lake Michigan. We are destroying our Great Lakes, which contains 20% of all the world's fresh water. We have problems with dead zones, phosphorus runoff from farm waste and fertilizer. We dump millions and millions of gallons of raw sewage, that's toilet water, folks, into these lakes. We have some of the most polluted beaches in the world. And um, they're proposing to use the lakes to put the tar sands on barges to ship the dirty oil to refineries. I mean, this is a disaster. We have so many chemicals in our water. You would think I would have pristine drinking water. My water tastes like chlorine. I mean, it's just it's just a crisis here too. And and we just we just do not take care of this planet. And the water that we do have, we are destroying. Okay. All right, Carol. Uh, we are out of time for calls. I apologize if I didn't get to you if you're holding. Uh, well, we will talk to you another time tomorrow on the Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. I'm Leslie Marshall. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day.